Speaking of editing, by the way, I found out, guys, listeners, the the popping cork sound. Mark puts that in later. I do. It's true. I did. It's true. I'm like behind the scenes here. I'm like one of you guys. I'm like in like, you know, the lion's den. Whiskey, whiskey. Welcome to Whiskey Topic. This is episode 85 and it's Mark Bylock, author of The Whiskey Cabinet. Uh, Jamie Johnson, not joining us today. She is on assignment being the brand ambassador for Belvini. Um, however, we do have a guest. Uh, we have a guest that um, is, a cri- well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't call him a criminal. Um, let's just say he could be arrested. So we're going to disguise his voice and we're not going to use his real name. Um, uh, we're going to call him Peter. You can find Peter on Twitter at New Bourbon Drinker uh, or on his blog, newbourbondrinker.wordpress.com. I appreciate that, Mark. Thanks for having me on. And uh, that's quite an ominous uh, introduction there. The, the voice disguising is working really well. I think it I is. Yeah, I think yeah. It is. You sound like like kind of Midwest or, or maybe maybe kind of New York. Big, tall, powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the exact opposite. It makes sense. Somebody that would wear glasses. I mean, this is your 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 not at all. <laughs> uh, the voice disguising is working really well. Um, no, Peter, welcome to the show. Um, I'm being, of course, very dramatic, but uh, you you've uh, you travel to Toronto occasionally, and you are probably the biggest whiskey collector that I know. Um, so. If, um, you know, we're talking a bit before the show. You have 30 different BTACs. Yep. Um, you loved uh, last year's uh, Four Roses Special Edition. So many, you bought 10 bottles because that's what you do. Um, you have every single barrel bourbon batch release. Yep. And, and you also have a system. So this isn't just like you spending mad money. You you have a system where you're you're working it a little bit. And by the way, guys, if you hear the pitter patter and all that, you know I have dogs. They're here. We're in the studio live. Um, so Peter, uh, welcome to the show. You Thank brought you. a wonderful selection, the best of your best whiskeys that you liked for 2016. These are your these are your favorite 2016 whiskeys. I really appreciate you bringing them to the show today. Well, thank you, Mark. I've been I've been teasing you for the last couple of months by sending you photos of my whiskey cabinet and uh it's only fair to actually bring some samples up to you uh but yeah no i i, I do have a system you know it and it's not unique to everyone else you know it's you got to make friends with the people who uh, who are you know run the liquor stores you got to share with them um but you know building a network with people who also know people liquor stores is very important um, right because you know, I may like Sazerac. Some guy might want Weller, and you, I got a couple of those. You got a couple of those, and you end up trading them. Um, I can't be everywhere at once, and I'm certainly not going to be paying top prices for everything. So you find friends, you trade, you you swap, and you know, it's you, you kind of just get what you want and help other people along the way. And I do a ton of sample trading too because uh, you know it's, it's great to share your collection with other people, and which is what we're doing tonight. Yeah, and I mean, like, but 30 B taxes is, is a lot to you know it it it, it it didn't, it is a lot. Yes. It didn't I, happen overnight, I No, <laughs> it, it, it kind of just happened. You know, you kind of, I'll trade you one of these for one of those. And, uh, you know, a year later, you realize you open your cabinet in the back and, oh my goodness, I've, I've got a lot of those. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm, Thomas Handy's probably my favorite whiskey right now. Yeah. So whenever I find something like that, uh, if anyone wants to trade for that one, you know, send me a note because I'll, I'll, I'll trade you for it and I'll give you a good level. Well, we will, you know, I'll do the, the broader introduction. So Thomas Handy is, so when I talk about BTAC, I'm talking about, about the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. Yep. Um, you know, I know Pappy is the big name in every, in every news in the media, but BTAC is the whiskey enthusiast drink. Oh, yeah. uh, it's I mean, made I, by Buffalo Trace. Yep. Uh, it's the best of the best. You know, you hear of Eagle Rare. This is Eagle Rare aged 18. You heard of Stag Jr. Stag Jr. actually comes from Stag, William Lew Leller, um, Handy Rye. 
um, the best raw I've ever had um, by far. It's uh, it's just high proof uh, versions of this, and these these do bottles retail for a few hundred dollars, but typically at a store you're buying them for five hundred dollars or more uh, because they just go so Especially far. Especially New York City, like New York yeah. City, like retail. But like, you're not from New York City, I'm of not course, from, Peter. You're the accent. But if you were, were to go to New yes, York City, we're disguising you, your you voice. You would see yeah. retailers sell these things for egregious levels. Just yeah. so silly. I mean, the ninety dollar MSRP is, is no one does that unless you're right. doing a lottery, which I've never won those before. But you mentioned the Pappy. Everyone wants Pappy. Mm -hmm. Occasionally I get that, and that's what I always get rid of that. I always trade it because I want the BTAC. Because the BTAC is, I think, way better. Yeah. I mean, it, you can trade someone a, a Pappy 20 for a Sazerac 18 and a Stag and a Weller. Like, I'm going to do that right. all day long. Right. right. Um, you know, so occasionally you come across that and you find someone who really wants it and they've got some BTAC and that's, that's you make everyone happy. And I think that's the way you make this happen. So you'll, you'll buy an $800, $900 of Pappy or however much it would cost in, in, in wherever you're from. Um, and, but you, will, you can get three bottles for it, which, which are pretty much at quote unquote market value because like you said, none of this goes for list price. So we're going to go through your list. I, now I think I'm going to do this the opposite of the way we normally do because um, we've, got a, you know, we've got an hour podcast and you brought a lot of whiskey. So we're going to go from your favorite to your least favorite. So we're going to go with your, your favorites. And then we've, you brought a couple of surprises. So um, let's start at your very best whiskey you've had in 2016. Okay. And then we'll, uh, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Let's crack this open. All right. You do have a lot of Glengarren glasses here. I do. Then this is just a... You said you had unlimited amount. This is not unlimited, but this there's, is... There's way more. There's way there's more? There's another shelf in there. You got to open it up. You, there's you, a million. I see you definitely bought some of these, then you've got a lot of one from tastings. <laughs> exactly. I, you may know the Glenfiddich rep, and you've got, wow, you got a lot of these. Let me pass it over to you. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. Uh, the number one post of the year... So I, I've been doing this blog for a couple of years now, and you know when you post reviews, you get a, a few views, a few hundred a day, whatever. Mm -hmm. You post something nasty on, like people get, get thousands of hits. Right. Thousands, right. People love the negative ones. Now, this, this one, you know, possibly you know, the top five of the year, people like that too. But, you know, I put top five disappointments of the year. Oh, double the amount of hits. Oh, people love that. That's, that's what BuzzFeed and all the other learned. No, like, people love negative love, stuff. So, love it. So, anyway, so my number one of the year was Thomas Handy, uh, 2016. Uh, so, I think it's, they say it's, it's a non age statement, but I think it's six years, they say. Um, I mean, why don't you smell it? What do you think? I, I, Handy's my favorite of the BTAC from 2015. I've not had a 2016. Oh. Uh, Nose is surprisingly well composed. I mean, this is not the chaos that you would expect. This is, a, like you said, cast strength. Cast strength. Um, and the, this would be an, probably an equivalent recipe to Sazerac rye, uh, also made of Buffalo Trace. So this is their high proof, high end rye. But I also think that, I mean, I think they spe specifically pick barrels. barrels they're right. not like, you know, they're, they're you're cherry picking ones for this. Um, yeah. It, it is a high proof, it is high octane, but. You know, what I love about it, too, is I just, I, you're still nosing it. I just downed half of it. <laughs> like the, the mouth feel is so complex. You're getting the tannins. You're getting, there's just so much going on in your mouth with this one that, I mean, this, this will go on for minutes. Yeah, it's, it's opening up beautifully because first you got kind of the caramels and then all that. But this is now the kind of the rye notes are starting to come through. Um, it's a bit of a tight nose and it's just opening up and I just taking the moment to enjoy that. Yeah, um, that, that's absolutely right. So Buffalo Trace, um, every distillery does things a little bit differently. Buffalo Trace creates these rare whiskeys by the positioning of the barrels and the sort of weather condition or the sort of atmospheric conditions, you know, whether they're closer to the top, we get more heat, get less heat, drier cooler um this affects the whiskey so they go for a particular flavor and yep. every year they pick a limited amount of barrels that fit that profile and sometimes they get more sometimes they get less what i also love about the tandy is that it's probably the least liked of the five it, it's the youngest 
is the one that doesn't get the most credit. It's the one that trades the lowest secondary. So you can you can find this for way less than any of the other ones. I mean, Sazerac 18 is, is an amazing whiskey, mm-hmm. but you know people want $800 for it. That, that's yeah. That's ridiculous, but you yeah. can get this for a quarter of that. So it's um. Oh, you're right. The I mean, you're right because everybody knows the stag, the Sazerac 18. Uh, the sorry, the Eagle you, Air, you, Rare. You, Eagle Rare is going for double what Handy's going for. Yeah. Um. You know, when I did the 2015 reading ratings, I did rated uh, this first and then the uh, William Rule uh, second. That's, so and they were very close for great. me. Yeah, uh, very close. So that was. I mean, my ratings that I do. Some people disagree with us. I I do put price. I value price part of it. So if it, you need to be a lot better if you're that much more expensive. Mm-hmm. So the Weller would have to be significantly better to beat the BTAC. I mean, the Handy. I um, I actually prefer the Handy to all of them this year, although the Stag was also excellent. Oh, wow. I think it was yeah. 144.1 proof. That one needs a Norland glass. Uh, mm-hmm. It is just an absolute beast. Nice. But this, oh, for, for six-year rye, this kind of proof level, I... You, I can drink this. I've already actually finished two of these bottles so far at home. It's that's amazing. It's bad. That's amazing. I, you know, it is high proof. The first, you know, I we this is the first whiskey we're having. At first, it does burn a little, and then your palate adjusts, and now you're starting to just get that wonderful, wonderful flavor coming through. It, it, it's beautiful. Put this one aside for a All little right. bit, and we'll come back to it a little bit. Absolutely. Um. So the next one. So last year's. My favorite whiskey last year, number one, was Four Roses Small Batch Limited Edition 2015. I did not think the 16 was actually that great. Um, I, it, was, it was a good whiskey, but I, it lacked the complexity, the finish. It, there just wasn't enough going on there. However, mm-hmm. the Elliott Select was awesome. Uh, you know, that was when, you know, Brent Elliott took over. There was a lot of concerns. Is, is the continuity going to be there? And immediately put out, you know, the, the Elliott Select. This is what my number two whiskey of the year is. And I think it is absolutely fantastic. And it blows away the limited edition. Um, it's not quite as good as the 2015 limited edition last year, but mm-hmm. it is really, really good. So uh, Four Roses, um, you know, comes in so many variations, but every year they release a special release. Um, and yeah, this is the first year that Elliot uh, released, uh, released his. Um, already the Four Roses nose comes through because I find it more, more like kind of the distiller's green, the distiller's yeast sort of nose oh, yeah. is, uh, is very prominent. And you can usually, you know, on, on old bullets that, that has that grain, you can tell this came from Four Roses. And so the nose is, the nose is beautiful. It's completely different. Than- Comple- much rounder. I mean, the, the Handy is big and strong. Th- this, this has that backbone, but it is a much rounder whiskey, it's softer. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's several years older and more developed, but it, it's really good. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, so much has happened in the palate. Um, wonderful, wonderful. Rye heavy, rye forward, bourbon. Um, you still get the kind of, um, well, the older oak, you get that kind of oily butterness on the palate, uh, which you, you know it's an old whiskey. And, of course, the problem with old whiskeys we're going to see later on is, like, if you make them too old, that oiliness becomes too oily. Oh, this it's, is it's just, fine. There's... this is mouthwatering oily, and that's... Yeah. One of the advantages of buying old whiskeys, there's very few, especially in the bourbon category. Like old bourbons aren't necessarily good bourbons, but the ones that are done right are just. Mm, it's not very flattering. tough to do them well that old, but uh, we'll see. You're alluding to later on my, my least favorite whiskey of the year, but uh, we'll get to that one. But I also, you know, I, I, I did raid uh, Mark's cabinet a little bit here because uh, I have never had the failed experiment. So I pulled that one out to see if we can do a side by side on my least favorite of the year because <laughs> I. You know, I, I do. I do listen to the podcast every every uh, every week when it comes out. So I've been excited to try this one. But we'll get to the. Uh, we'll, 
We'll drink enough of good stuff before we get to the bad stuff. So maybe- I, I like that because it'll be the Buffalo <laughs> Trace, the one that they refused to release because it tastes so bad versus one that was actually released. And which one is worse? going to be worse. Should we wait to a little drunkard to talk about Diageo? Definitely, definitely I, yeah. I think I echo some of your uh, your emotions on Diageo. I, I cannot believe they released this. But, and, but you, and, li- listen, like, you listen to Fred Minnick. I think he made a great point. He, uh, the, when he was on the podcast, he said um, that this is a new style of bourbon that a lot of uh, new bourbon drinkers are enjoying. They want, they want that kind of like, you know, it's kind of like having a very old wine. Or see, having... I, I disagree. I think people see twenty. So the one thing the Orphan Barrel series does very well is the bottles look great. They look fantastic. I, I have every. I I only have one of the rhetorics, but I because I don't feel like needing to get all three of them. But yeah. I have all the bottles lined up on my whiskey cabinet. Almost all of them are full because I've had a little bit and I generally don't like them. Yep. Uh, Lost Profit actually is quite good, but the rest of them are not that good. But they look really nice. Yeah. And they're going to be full for a long time, and they're probably going to stay up in my cabinet for a very long time because I'm not drinking them. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I have I have the, the one here, the uh, whatever they released last year, and I'm just like, mm. I think most people buy them, like, especially with you know the hoop and holler. I think most people are buying them, not opening them, leaving them up there. Because they look nice and it's ooh, it's twenty year, twenty eight year bourbon. Right. And the second they open that, they're gonna realize, well, that was a huge mistake. <laughs> I actually bought six of them at two hundred bucks a pop. Wow. Thinking that it's gonna be really good, and and uh, I opened one of them. I thought, wow, this, this is the worst thing ever, and I traded the other five immediately before people <laughs> realized how bad they were, <laughs> because it was they're just so bad. So I, I ended up doing okay on that, but we'll get to that one eventually. You, I mean, do you, so do you have like a immediate community you always trade with or is it, um, or do you search out new people every single time? I mean, I, I've probably got, I probably have 10 people in my area that, that I'm constantly in contact with. Hey, I got three of these. It's like, okay, you, 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 you read blogs, you, you talk to people and like there's some holier than thou people out there like, oh, if I see six Elmer T. Lees, I'm. I'll only buy one of them and leave the other five for people. That is outrageous. No, you buy all six of them because someone else is going to do it, and then you end up trading them to your friends for what we need it. Don't leave them there. If, if, if the MRT Lee is $31 on the shelf, buy all six. Right, right, right. Don't think you're a good person because you, you bought one and left the rest because I'm going to come and take the other five. You know? But no, you, you, so you... you Plus, I go through Elmer Lee a lot. <laughs> I know. I've, I've got one unopened bottle here that I'm just like, I'm not going to open it until I get a second bottle, essentially. Yeah, That's, you I, know. I, I, I probably go through that once a quarter. So, I mean, you need that. But you find that good bottle for the right price, and you buy them, and then you end up finding friends. And, you know, you, I tech, hey, I got a couple of these. I'm looking for this. And, okay, I'll trade you that. I'll meet you, you know, meet you at Starbucks. And you, you figure it out. Now, somebody got arrested in Pennsylvania uh, doing something very yeah. similar. Uh, but- well... So, so Pennsylvania has very, very strict laws. They're mm-hmm. a liquor control state, much like we are here. Ontario, yeah. And uh, once a year, they always nail someone on Craigslist for trying to sell a pappy for way too much money. That's, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do. Every year, you, you can almost guarantee you're going to get a fourth-degree misdemeanor offense for that. It, it's, it's check the box. It's going to happen. Um, well, you know, if, if you're trading with friends, uh, you're you know, maybe not selling it, but you're trading with people, you know, like... I. This goes to my, you know, my changing the voice and, you know, whatever. But it, I don't, I don't think there's, maybe there's some technical stuff there, but if you're trading with friends and everyone knows what they're doing and, you know, there's some archaic laws about it, but I think we're all big boys and, you know, we can handle it. And maybe if you ship to a friend across state lines and maybe it's a... Maybe you're shipping vintage snow globes or, or, or olive oil or something. There's always something There's on always that label. Something. Yeah. Yeah. But 
you know, you, you ship FedEx, you don't ship USPS. <laughs> but I mean, this is interesting because this is, you, you're battling a couple of different factors. The first factor is that in the, like this stuff is not available. Yeah. Um, so you, like you said, you may pick up, uh, you know, three ball, a couple of balls of Pappy 20 that you don't want, but you buy it because it has market value. Rare, rare, I've never found two. But okay. <laughs> fair. I fair. got one, I got one twenty once at, at MSRP because I knew the guy really well. And right. you know, that was, that was a, that was a good one. But yeah, I mean, you no liquor store, you know, and you know, I've probably made relationships with five or six now. Mm-hmm. It's going to have everything you need. Yeah. So you, but often they'll get three or four of one thing. So you just grab it and then make friends. This is the American way though. This is literally the American way. This is how much of America got built by making <laughs> trades, favors. I'm sure occasionally there's like a, for future consideration, I'll give you this plus yeah. future consideration. This is, like, this, is the, this is the American way. Um, I'll trade you a left-handed closer to, you know, be named later. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so this is very interesting. Um, you know, and you know, uh, distilleries are very much against this because for them, um, you know, because these bottles have value, even even if you don't want the bottle, you'll buy it because it has value in the in the secondary market. It does mean these bottles disappear even faster. Like yeah. it just, everything just gets taken up, uh, and now you've got uh, people making. So in some cases, you know, we we've heard where uh, somebody will buy two bottles of you know a B, uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection uh, for outrageous prices for five six hundred dollars each, but they know that they can sell that second bottle two months later for a thousand dollars. And you're you're literally good luck with that. I don't, I don't know who's paying a thousand dollars for. Well, as an example, but, but if you, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. If you, there's a few websites that. You know, bottle spots one of them mm-hmm. that you know where things are clearing. There's a, there's a blue bottle, there's a bourbon blue bottle, one of those blue bottle things, whatever. Like yeah. Blue book bottle or whatever it is. Yeah. That you know where things are within 25%. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you find something for a lot less than that and you, you open one, you like it, okay, open the other one. If you yeah. don't like it, then trade it for something you know you do like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's obviously very different. Uh, in the states than it is in Canada, specifically Ontario, where your options are really limited. Sorry. <laughs> no, they really are. We we just had our uh, uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection and Pappy Lottery, and that uh, you know we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, How'd you do? Um, so the way this works is I I put in an order for fifteen thousand dollars of the whiskey. Um, <laughs> basically, like I think it was like two or three of everything, but it was all the uh, fifteen thousand retail, which really means like fifty thousand dollars. Right, it was like okay. post, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in the U.S., you would have paid it was fifty thousand dollars of whiskey. Um, but like for example, they had like uh, Pappy Twenty. They had eight, eight bottles for the whole province. For the whole province, and we, um, other people on the internet estimated there's like something like you know twenty thousand orders or thirty thousand orders, and and probably many wow. of them had a very similar, um, um, you know, similar strategy. And so then the system goes through a lottery and you get what you get. So um, I, I placed orders for this. Uh, my wife, Nicole, placed orders. Uh, my mother placed orders. <laughs> a couple of relatives placed orders. You know, How'd you all do? Um, through, so after like five orders, $15,000, um, I managed to spend $140 worth of whiskey. What'd I got... <laughs> Old Weller Reserve. Stop. Uh, Stop. That's, that, that, that was on the list. That was a $35 bottle. Not even the antique, the reserve. The 90 yeah. proof one that everyone has. That, right. That's a $20 bottle. Yeah, it's okay. $35 here. Yep. Yeah, the exchange rate. Yeah, that, that's okay. And then the other one was the uh, uh, Old Rip Van Winkle. Okay. So, so you, that's a good. I'm, I'm very happy with that. It's probably uh, my favorite between that and the 12. So. Honestly, I think the 10 is better than the 12. Honestly, yeah. like, price adjusted, that's the best pappy. Yes, I yes, mean, yeah, absolutely. 15, 20, they're all, I've, I've had them all, they're, they're all very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to pay whatever the prices are, the 10 is delicious. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, the higher proof, I, I don't, I don't like lower proof whiskey. So like if, if anyone who reads my blog will notice that I tend to prefer cast strength. I yeah. prefer non-chill filtered. I, I, you know, I don't like when you get down to 90 proof. It's just, it's not as exciting. You're missing stuff. Yeah. Which is actually a good intro to the next whiskey uh, we have here for my number three of the year. Um, which is actually, you mentioned Fred Minnick. And that's actually interesting because Fred Minnick today just announced that this whiskey is going to be building a distillery in Kentucky. Uh, it's barrel bourbon. Um, and I, like I said earlier, you introduced me. I've, I've bought every one of their bourbon batches. I think they're all wonderful. This one happens to be the New Year bourbon, uh, which is a, is a new, new product, new line. I guess they're doing this every year around New Year's. All the bourbons are age-dated. Uh, they tell you exactly the details of it. Um, it is a source whiskey, so they don't tell you. I think they signed on the closures. They can't tell you mm-hmm. what, you know, where it is. But, they, you know, if it's Indiana, I think you can pretty much guess. Right, you know, if we know where it's from. If it's yeah. Tennessee, you, you, you can narrow down to three or four. Kentucky, you have no idea. So they've right. had places all over. Um, okay. the, the New Year bourbon is actually a blend of four different uh, ages and three different states. And okay, wow. They apparently, and no one knew this until today, actually, and I, I just found this out. They announced that Trip Stimson is going to be the master distiller, and he, apparently he was the one who did all the blends for this one also. Uh, he worked at Kentucky Artisan Distillery. Before that, he was a Brown Foreman. Um, so Fred Minnick actually just, I think it was like a few hours ago, posted on his blog that this is happening. Um, but this is my number three of the year. Uh, again, it's, it's a cast strength. It is non-chill filtered. Uh, this is and this is the second no-age no statement, but um, I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm, I just... I, Everything they've done so far has been really, really good. Um, I feel like Barrel Bourbon um, is this brand that I know so little about because it's never come to Canada. Um, right. And it's, it's such an enthusiast heavy, heavy bourbon that it just immediately disappears when it gets in the market. But I have seen it around. Like It's not impossible to yeah. find, uh, but it does seem to disappear very quickly. But what I like about Barrel Bourbon, and maybe, maybe by me talking about them, it's, it's going to kill me because... It's one of the few limited release batch, uh, limited release batches that are cast strength, non chill filter that you can get for under hundred bucks. Okay. Like you know, yeah. Stag Junior is great, but it disappears immediately, right? Barrel Bourbon you can usually find in the states, but it does go quickly. Um, but it's, it you know, it's it's hard to find a, a new release batch limited edition for under hundred dollars these days as a cast strength one. I, I see like what you like you like about this because the um, it, it's just it is a pure cast strength whiskey. It's yeah. just numbs the tongue. It's very oak heavy um but the because it's so high proof that uh, that oak, oakness disappears very quickly i think it's also um, high rye i think this one has a high rye because i'm getting like, spicy notes i'm getting mm-hmm. like, some peanut butter um yeah i was gonna say there's definitely the nuttiness too yeah. which makes me always think of jim beam not o- only jim beam but always makes me think of jim beam just on the nose and a little bit on the palate you get the kind of yeah. nuttiness um and this or, one i'm getting on the back pa- like it just lingers on the back palate where it just kind of finishes for a real long time i i, I mean this is really great this is yeah. this is delicious um and it's by far the cheapest one uh it's by far the cheapest one of, of the five wow uh and the only one that like you can you know find on a regular basis uh which is kind of cool so like you said these they they are just starting to build they're gonna they have plans to build their own distillery but right now they just source barrels from existing distilleries whether it be from Indiana or kentucky or tennessee um and they just like will it will do with many of their releases totally um, they're going to just uh, bottle that at what level they think and which blend those barrels together or vat yeah. them together, um, as we say. Um, no, this is really, this is, this is wonderful. I, I like this especially because it has a very clear classic bourbon profile, uh, but with just a little, with just so much amped up, um, you know, like you said, there's the oak spice, 
uh, the high proof. It just has a very, you know, amped up flavor profile. Um, you know, something um, not as over the top like Booker's. This is definitely more oh, yeah. settled um, it, yeah, and the, has the, more it character. Have, it doesn't have the hotness that, yeah. that Booker's that is kind of difficult sometimes with Booker's, which yeah, which why I, I, I like Booker's a lot, especially at the price point. Mm -hmm. Even the new price point's not so bad. <laughs> not the... The new new, not the new one. Right, <laughs> but right. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what they're doing there, but it's, everything's really too hot. But these guys, for some reason, have figured out how to get calf strength, same age, and not hot, yeah. which is, it's not easy to do. Yeah, yeah. On to number four, mm -hmm. which is actually, I ran out of number four. Uh, but I have it here. But you have it here. So we rated your cabinet for it. And you didn't love it as much as I did, but I'm going to. Well, I thought I didn't, but I also, um, I looked at my notes. I haven't posted reviews on that, but I did rate that one a 94 in, well, that's my, pretty good. in okay. my notes. So I, I, did, I did actually love it. I may have had it at 95 or 96. I'm not sure. What, but this is, this is Willet. It's Willet Family Estate. It is uh, bottle number 438. Um, now, I'm a little biased because actually this is when I did my first Kentucky trip, and I went down there in February, and this was one of the gift shop items that I actually paid gift shop prices for, which apparently now have doubled. But I think this was low hundreds at the time mm -hmm. um and you know I, I bought a couple different ones at willet and one was a little older and just wasn't it was good but not great and then like after a couple months it, it got better but this one was to me was a honey barrel for the first taste if you're ever in kentucky um definitely visit the big distilleries visit you know jim beam and maker's mark and buffalo trace but um, do visit Willet. They're very close to Heaven Hill. Uh, it's a beautiful, cute distillery. And I say cute because it's small. Like, it's still not small. But it's still not small, small. But everything's in one room. Like you can see. Yeah, they got the little onion thing going on there. Drew is, is, is very polite very and there. Drew, one of the whiskey makers there, or the whiskey maker there. Um, and what they do is they make their own whiskey. Oh, you didn't mention Terry? <laughs> oh, Terry. I love Terry. Uh, <laughs> He's yes, the, Drew is, is, is wonderful. He, he's one of the most, he, he's, he's the main guy. He's the main guy. Terry is the guy that does. He's the guy uh, behind the guy behind the guy. He's the guy behind the guy. Um, and the first time we saw Terry, he was very grumpy. And then the second time, I think maybe uh, he's gotten word back that he's a little grumpy. The second guy, <laughs> second time around, because Terry usually uh, loads the barrels up, loads the barrels up with whiskey and rolls them down for you. At least twice I've been through tours, that's what he was doing. And the second time around, he kind of let us participate a little bit and you know, you know, um, Terry got a little friendlier, um, but wonderful distillery. It is it's still a big distillery, but not nowhere near the big size um, of the others. Um, but the interesting thing is they make their own whiskey, but they also, um, much like um, uh, barrel bourbon, they buy a lot of barrels and they go through them uh, and then they bottle them when they're ready. So they just go through and then they bottle them. Um, and so the family state bottles are not made by Willet, um, at least not the, the older ones. Because they've only been making whiskey for five years, like four, four or five years. So this is an 11-year-old. Um, but they're also one of the ones that did this a long time ago. Yes, they're originators. And I yeah. really wish that I had gotten to this maybe five, ten years ago. Because you know they, some of the sea lines, if you ever go to Jack Rose in D.C., they, they still have some left, but they're, they're out of a lot of it. Where you're talking 20 to 25-year weeders that are just yeah. unbelievable. Um, that I mean, you, you, Those bottles right now, if you find them, they're... A thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars. I had one in um, in San Francisco. I've had a couple. I've yeah. never owned one. I've had I've had friends who've given me samples. I've been to Jack Rose and tried them, and they're they're special bottles. Yeah. Uh, but the prices are so ridiculous that it's just not justifiable. But if yeah. you can for fifty dollars a pour Jack Rose, it's it's worth it. It's totally it's yeah. an experience. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the purple means it, so they, there's different colors on the, on the purple's bourbon, right? Bourbon's bourbon. Uh, and then they have green is 
Karai. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've, you know, told the story before, but we had a, when we we're down for Kentucky week, um, people were friends uh, that came down, uh, bought the 23 year old weeded bourbon um, that was selling for $300 uh, US. Oh my God. Um, and, and, people were just coming in two at a time and just buying it because it sold out. I mean, you know, Jamie and I are interviewing Drew. Uh, <laughs> and as we're interviewing Drew, this giant cabinet of this whiskey just went down to nothing in, in the span of 30 minutes. Well, they've caught on now. They've really raised their prices a lot. Yeah. Uh, I had a, uh, had a friend go for me a year. Like a, I went a year ago. I had a friend go from a year and a half ago and got me a couple bottles of the 25-year rye. But then it was going for... $300 a bottle and he called me do you really want it I said yeah I'll, I'll do it why not you know and I'm glad I did yeah. it, it wasn't actually it wasn't that great to be honest with you but it was an experience and uh, that bottle has tripled since then but I opened them so <laughs> that's but that's partially true sometimes you drink a very old whiskey and they just do it for the historical yeah. factor I noticed that um you know with, with scotch you have this where um, you have these old closed down distilleries. They're, it's not necessarily great scotch, but you drink it because you want to. You want to taste something made in the seventies yeah. or fifties. You want you want to do something that you know check the box. A exactly. Box exactly. Now this is really dark. This so this is, is number five. So I, saw, I saw your little your little face that kind of was, was like. like well, I'm not sure that face was. Now this is a whiskey that Lou Bryson does Ooh. not like. Um, it's called Garrison Brothers Single Barrel. I happen to think it's wonderful. The, the Garrison Brothers Cowboy last year was one of my favorites. It was it's a, it was a four year cast strength bourbon from High Texas. This is a single barrel. Um, most places when you do small barrels, they, they're terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, in Texas, for some reason, given the the massive heat, the small barrels end up doing better. Um, this was a barrel that should have produced like 100, 100 bottles and only produced 12. Wow. Um, and you can get that kind of like shoe leather polish uh, or leather polish in general, like just thick, sweet. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can see how this is a binary type thing where yeah. you're going to see some people love it and some people hate it, and I happen to fall on the side of loving it. We'll, we'll try it. Yeah, I was going to say the nose is definitely different. It's, it's not like the others. Um, no, it's, it's Texas. It's a... Uh, they do things differently down there. It's actually not as uh, on the palate. It's not as overpowering uh, in flavor. Um, it's lower. It's the lowest proof of all these tonight. Fair, fair. It is 97. Um, but it, it's it's very different. It uh yeah it doesn't it doesn't have the the, the mouthfeel as much. It doesn't have the tannins that I like. But it it is unique. It it has a different flavor. Um, that is just yeah. It it's, it's Garrison Brothers. That's, that's what they What's do. What's the mash bill? Do you know? Uh, it's corn. It's, it's Texas Panhandle corn. Okay. Like, I think 100%. Wow. Oh. I actually went down there to visit the, those guys this yeah. year and uh, met Dan. Great guy. Uh, it's They've got a really cool operation there. Um, it's definitely worth going to there. If you're, if you're going to Austin, Texas, Yeah. definitely go stop by What's there. What's the price point? It's about 100 bucks. And availability? It, it's pretty available. Okay. Um, I'm liking it more. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty available. They, yeah, if it's 100 bucks, an actual 100 bucks. Yeah, they, yeah. And the, so the, the regular stuff they do is usually like 90, the single barrel is about 100, and then the cowboy is about two. But the cowboy is older and cast strength. Uh, you know, I, I've t tasted some um, you know, whiskey outside of Kentucky. It's always kind of contentious because, like you said, it's not going to be the same profile. The climate's not the same. The way they make well, whiskey's not the right. same. I mean, if it's Indiana, Tennessee, Tech, Kentucky, it's all going to be. But 
when you're talking Texas, yeah, now yeah. you're going something very, very different. I, I like this a lot. I think the it definitely stands out because it's a different flavor profile um, entirely. But uh, but it's really good. This is nice. I, this I is think it's good. wonderful. Yeah. Um, I had emailed you earlier this week about what you hadn't tried yet, and I'm pretty sure you have not tried this year's Parker Heritage. No, 10, no I have 24, 24 year. Okay, so I I brought the spring of '91 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a bottled and bond. So they've got t- they have two releases. They had the spring and the fall. And as your listeners know, that if you're bottled and bond, there's a lot of ca- a lot of things you need to do for it. Hundred proof, one distillery, one year. So they did it over fall and spring, but different years. So they had to have two different releases of it. So this is this. There's a fall ninety and a spring ninety one. This is the spring ninety one release. Um, this is another whiskey that was a very binary for this year that a lot of people loved, a lot of people really didn't like. I think Fred Minnick gave it a pretty poor score in Whiskey Advocate. Um, but it's it's a style. It's a 100-proof, 24-year bourbon that's a lot of wood in it. So Parker's Heritage, um, uh, Parker Beam uh, was the master distiller at Heaven Hill. Um, and... Um, and they and he died this year, so we you know not not last very, week last week rather yeah, um, yeah so just last week well, I thought yeah. it was like a yeah no and uh, we're we not supposed to say what day this is and you're right right it's uh it's like because you're it's like when Oprah you don't want to say the date because it could have come in like like months ahead of time exactly right? could have recorded it depends how it long just... you take to edit not that you would ever edit something but you know exactly in case I did um, but speaking part... of editing by the way I found yeah. out guys listeners the the popping cork sound. Mark puts that in later. I do. It's true. I did. It's true. I'm like behind the scenes here. I'm like one of you guys. I'm like in like, you know, the lion's den. (laughs) Now, do you know where that pop sound comes from then? I don't know. Um, When uh, I think it was episode four or five, uh, Glenford Jameson and I went to Kentucky. And I left Jamie behind and she complained the entire time. She did. Yeah. She was very sad about that. And she's not here. By the way, she's not here. She should be sad. She's not here. Yes. She's not here. And this is a pretty good lineup. This is a fantastic lineup. Sorry, and, uh, Jamie. Yeah, and that's where it came from. We, uh, I was opening up a bottle, and I just went, and then I was like, oh, this is great. And then we swore so much during that episode. I was like, oh. Boop, boop, I've been boop, doing a very good job of not swearing. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I, I, well, we're not done yet. <laughs> um, so uh, tell us about this one. So this uh, what, about the mash bill. and So it's 24-year-old whiskey, so automatically you're going to get a lot so, of Yeah, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have all the details in front of me of the mash bill, but it, it, the Parker's has a wide variety of mash bills. I mean, there's weeded ones, there's all sorts of stuff. But this one, I too late in the drinking night to remember what it is. But basically, it's a, it's a bottle and bond, 24-year bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really good. I think so, too. I think it's got a really weird... Uh, you talk about... Like, I love the way you set this up because um, the last two were, were off bourbon kind of flavors. Um, yes. This one is heavier on the licorice, um, has totally. nail polish, knees, uh, so that Orby notes are really there. It, um, it almost like makes you double take, am I even drinking bourbon? What am I oh, drinking? Yeah. Uh, but then again, anything aged this long is going to have... Is gonna to have that that kind of confusion uh let me just uh yeah so this is the parker's heritage bonded so yeah it was produced in 1990 uh in 1991 right and this is of course the distillery that was uh burnt down in 1996 um where they lost a lot of uh barrels of whiskey and then they moved the distillery ever since uh 50 apv and um yeah so it's a 24 year and what i want to do next is i want to so i want to i want to give you the 28 year which is my least favorite bourbon of the year. They say it's a whiskey, an American whiskey, but it's, it's a bourbon. And this is, we've now had a few drinks where we can actually just rip on Diageo again. This is the <laughs> Orphan Barrel release, 28-year 
hoop and holler. Which look at the color. Look at the color. Okay, so we're, I'm lifting these glasses yeah. up. They're for 24 years, this is so light. 28 years. 28 years. And it is it it is compared so, to the Parker it, Harris dish. 24. No offense to 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 your your people, but it looks like a Canadian whiskey because it is so light. It looks like it's aged in old barrels. It doesn't look like it's aged in new charred oak barrels. And right. Yeah. We, yeah. It looks like yeah. And it, I don't. It. I don't know any American whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the nose is terrible. Yeah. yeah. That. You should have seen Mark's face there. That was like smelling a dirty diaper or something. Uh, I, you know, I, I I like talk a lot about zest and whiskeys uh, because I think there's like levels of zest. You've got like lemon zest, but you've got like the the old lemon that's like the or the too young lemon that's just the skin's too hard. Can we hard. curse here? Yeah, you can. This curse. is complete shit. <laughs> this is this is complete shit in Diageo. This is like this Diageo is should like be embarrassed. This is like fake lemon flavor. No, you're giving him to his credit. It's not even like that. It's 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 like it's kind of like garbage and it's like dirty band aids. Uh, so the Orphan Barrel uh, releases are Diageos. Um, they bought they bought a bunch or found quote unquote a bunch of old barrels right. of whiskey, um, and they're generally very available. Um, beautiful bottles. Um, I always get like well. So, well it's not they're actually okay um gifted horse is readily available because mm. it's cheap and it's not that great right um, right it's okay you know it's actually not terrible i think uh it's 50 bucks and i wish they this is so thin i know it's so thin. i wish they gifted horse didn't lie i wish they just said hey you know what the last few releases were like by into a pencil so what we did was we uh we took a third of that, and then we added a bunch of, you know, mellow corn, and it turned out to be a little better. Yeah. But they, they lied and made the story about, like, oh, it fell. and it was. I'll post the, the – did you review that as well? I did. Okay, I did. so I'll post both reviews for The Gifted Horse. Um, Diageo basically made a story up about how these barrels came across. And sorry, and then it was one of those accidental blends. Complete bullshit. And <laughs> it was complete bullshit because Gifted Horse is so oaky. At a blend. So it's, it's an old bourbon blended with I a actually, young I'll young be honest, I actually don't mind it. I think it's, but I, the, the, the story offends me, it's, but, yeah. but it's not, it, it's not terrible. It, it is a thousand times better than this thing. It, but, yeah. So this is a 28 year and let me, it smells like garbage and band-aids. It is so thin and it is so gross. It's, it's almost like it just was at room temperature or, or, or maybe at, <laughs> for, for that whole but time. But the, the, the truly offensive thing oh, is the that they, bitterness they charge, the, the MSRP is like $200 on this yeah. thing. And I, I'm a sucker and I paid it. Yeah. And I bought a few of them and I was excited for this. I, I really like, I, I don't know why, but I was like, oh, this is, this is the one that's going to be good. I just, yeah, this is the good, it's going to be good. And this, uh, no. so your, your job as a mechanic pays really well. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say what you're doing for professionally. Well, sorry, I might, might not tell that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh. Now, I put, no, um, here's your bottle. So, okay, so we, um, you know, listeners, long-time listeners of the show will know that um, when I went to Buffalo Trace last time, uh, they released an article about how uh, they had this 26-year-old bourbon that they called the failed experiment because they found they basically used the same story as Diageo. They're like, "This is a barrel we happen to find." <laughs> and instead of and and they, they did the right thing, they did the right thing. They're like, "We're not going to bottle this. This is terrible." So of course, the first thing I asked them is like, "Can I taste this?" So oh. I haven't never had this before. So um, I'm excited about this because so I, I bet it's better than. Right, I'm going to have a little sip just because. Um, so, um, okay. so they they now again. This is Buffalo Traces. Failed experiment. This has never been released. It's not intended to be released. Okay, next um, to the hoop and holler, it smells amazing. Um, and the only reason <laughs> why I um, and the only reason why I talk about it is because I think it gives you a good example of what an over oaked whiskey is. So for me, it was a great example of a bourbon. Like here's something that's just been way too over oaked. Uh, the liqueur, uh, the lacquer rather, is there. Oh, um, mm. But the, that that finish, yeah. that oil, it just kills. You. Okay, I can't. I can't. Looking at your face, I can't do this to myself again. Just you. Gotta, you, know, you got to do it. All We're right, in it together. All right. all right. We're in it together. Cheers, yeah, man. Cheer, here, let's do a little. Do a little. There right. we go. Um, okay, so it's, the smell is actually not terrible. It's no. just the fact that it's like 
chewing on sawdust yeah. and your your mouth is completely dried out. It I don't know if you ever had uh, old blowhard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is remarkably similar to old blowhard. It is, and I think um, I think that which goes for reasons, like five hundred dollars a bottle right and now. And I think this is one of the reasons why they did this. They they like were like, well, this is this is stupid to bottle oh, something that's oh, yeah. terrible and and really old. It's because Buffalo Trace makes phenomenal products yeah. and knows what they're doing, and at the risk of pulling a Mark Bylock, Diageo is, doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, they know what they're doing marketing-wise. The bottles are nice. The price point is great, typically, because you can get some of them for yeah. $80, $90. Um, the sad thing is they actually, like, George Dickel makes some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't even taste the best of George Dickel no, stuff. and they, I don't yeah. even think, and I, I honestly think that they're doing everyone to service because they're, they're proof it down. Mm-hmm. Like, the 17-year actually was okay. Okay. I had a couple of those. Yeah. Um, but my guess, if, if George Zickel did a cast strength, like pick the good barrels, like without really bad marketing, like it would, they'd actually do pretty well. It's funny though, going from the Buffalo Trace. Um, now go back to the Parkers. The, oh, yeah. But going back to the um, 24 Hoop and Holler, oh. um, it's okay. <laughs> if you mix them together, when, well, actually, I don't, I, well, what do I, they're both terrible, but they're in different ways. Like the Hoop and Holler smells terrible, but at least isn't offensive. Well, no, it's offensive to your mouth, but it doesn't dry it out. Yeah. The, the, the fell experiment just dries you out completely, but actually has non-Band-Aid garbage notes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I bet if you mix like three quarters of mellow corn in that one, it, it would be actually okay. Right, which is what they did. Which is what they did, which Yashio <laughs> did. What Yashio did. But if you go back, but now go back to the Parker's Heritage, yeah. which is a 24-year, that's actually quite good. Yeah, no, it's, it's delicious. I mean, um, that, that's a that's, beautiful treat. Uh, that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful well, treat. And that's a good old bourbon, but yeah. it seems that most of them don't work out too well. Yeah, and I mean, this is where we talk about like age statement isn't everything. Um, certainly having a 24-year-old or 28-year-old bourbon means nothing unless you pick the right barrels. Um, oh, the okay. uh, Norland glasses. So we got the Norland glasses here. And All right. I... Uh, I may be just as big of glassware snob as you are, Mark. I, <laughs> I, so you like the Norland glasses, and then this is good because I, I haven't talked about the Norland glasses too much. So in when the you podcast. When, when you mentioned them on the podcast, I went on Kickstarter and I, I I got my four. I'm down to three. They're very slippery, and I I dropped one like within the first three days because I may have been trying to hand wash it after like seven drinks, and it was a mistake. But these <laughs> things happen. I'm very impressed you did dishes after uh, drinking that much. Well, I, uh, well, I shouldn't have. But Nicole is never that lucky. She she'll wake up in the morning and she teaches because she's a teacher and she's like five thirty in the morning. She gets up and it's just like the whole counter is just booze. Oh yeah. Well, I get in trouble. So I I've got a a kid at home and a, and a wife and they're wonderful, but they get very mad at me when uh I leave lots of glasses out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I leave for work very early, so if I leave glasses out. I get in trouble for that. So I try to, plus, or if I don't, this ends up in the dishwasher, which, which would be very, very bad. I've, I've been putting in the dishwasher every single time. You have been? Uh, every single time. Really? Yes. It's fine. I know they will break eventually because they, they're, the Nerland glass were, um, uh, so if, uh, for listeners, uh, it was a Kickstarter project that was very successful, uh, last year. Um, I, I got a, like an early review of these and, um, it looks the shape inside is like a almost like a Glencairn glass, but it's it's more like a rocks glass. So it's like a kind of like a uh, there's a gap between. So it's like a two layer glass where there's um, the outside and then there's air in between, and then there's the actual tulip shaped inside. Just, just Google it. Yeah, just Google or buy them. Glass. Um, and I think they're really terrific glasses for certain whiskeys, but not for all whiskeys. So, so I think so, any sort of like young scotches do very well in these. So I don't. I'm, so I actually like new bourbon drinker, which is my my Twitter name. 
I don't like scotch. So right, that's right. You don't care so about. I this don't at like all. scotch. So yeah. So I when I did it, I I did a bunch of as soon as I got my glasses in, I started doing some testing on it. And I actually blogged this about it. Um, for lower proof whiskeys, I found very little difference, and actually preferred the the Glengarren glass. Mm-hmm. But for really high proof whiskeys, uh, the Norland glass w- was definitely superior. It for super high proof whiskeys. Really, really hot whiskeys, and the reason why we're using this right now for the book. So this is Booker's Rye, right? By the way, now. Booker's Rye, Booker's the Rye. best whiskey in the world for 2016. No, no, no. you disagree with this. No. This is very cool. So I've yet to have this. Um, have you had, do you taste it yet? Or you, no, I've okay. not tasted that. So, so actually, I'm getting very little on the nose with the Norland glass on this. I'm getting so very you, little. Okay, on okay. The reason the reason why we're doing Norland glass on this as opposed to Glengarren with the rest of the night is that it is like Booker's, like all the other Booker's, really, really hot. Now, yeah. this one specifically, this is from my collection. And the reason why I only bought an ounce of this as opposed to two ounces or four ounces of everyone else is that I only have two ounces left. So it's been open for six months. And when you first open it, it, it was ridiculously hot. It is, it is definitely mellowed now. It is still hot, but... See, I'm not used to these. Uh, I just, I, I, I usually drink out of Norland for pleasure, not for, for notes. So well, I'm getting a... But it, having a whiskey that typically is very, very hot in an Norland glass mm-hmm. will mute some of that hotness mm-hmm. and it'll focus on more of like the flavors. Okay. I, 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 that's what I found. All right. I'm going to taste the best whiskey in the world. Hmm. It's very good. The, it is incredibly hot. It, it hot. starts off um, caramel. Uh, the rye spice hits you right away. You get the, the rye and spice, the hotness. Um, yeah. And the hotness kind of spreads out and the boozy hotness kind of spreads out quickly and then dissipates. And you're left with kind of the rye notes, very oaky. There is a lot of um, there is a lot of oak, which is very similar to like the pappy rye. You get a lot of oak on that. Yeah, so put it in there. And because Mark's now switching to the Glengarren glass, my guess is that if we did that with the Glengarren initially, you would have had the heat would have been in, in your nose immediately. Right. So if you look at the dynamics, the the Norland glass, the way it's designed is it's going to um, pop out the volatile molecules. So all that all it's already been in the Glengarren glass. Uh, sorry, in the Norland glass, the alcohol evaporated very quickly or dissipated very quickly. So now even though I put in an Orland glass, a lot of that a lot of the alcohol has already evaporated. Not a lot of it. I should say a small percentage, but a noticeable percentage has has evaporated. I think it's I think it's quite meaningful. I mean it is yeah. but it also if you go to a bar that has bad glassware and it really, really upsets me when sure, you have like, like rocks glasses and So yeah, a couple nights ago I was out with clients and I we had George T. Stag and it, the the new one, the hundred and forty four point one proof one. Yeah. And they put them in a rocks glass, like one of those little short rock glasses. And it is massively meaningful when you have, so that's a really high proof, really, it's a monster. You put that in a Norland glass and it tames it. Yeah. You get all the good stuff. You put that in a Glengarry glass, it's still good. You put that in a cup, it doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't work. So, it, so the surface area is a problem. Uh, in a flatter rocks glass, there's a big surface area, which means you're getting a lot of volatility. Uh, when you move the glass around, it's very volatile. And then beyond that, because it's not a tulip-shaped glass, just random stuff comes out of the glass. It dissipates very quickly. Yeah. Um, but it also makes it very boozy and unpleasant Super to drink. Super boozy. Um, so when you're drinking something that's like 144 proof, it's it's a disaster. If you you're drinking not... Manhattan, it doesn't matter what you're drinking out of. Right. You go to a little cocktail. It, the the glasses are relevant. Enjoy it. The red Solo cup. Go yeah, for it. Exactly. But when you're doing straight whiskey, where you're trying to get the notes, like the glassware is really important. It is, and um, so the chili shape is really great because it does hold in 
some of the um, heavier flavors, um, but it still kind of lets out a little bit of the, so the you, aroma. So, do you prefer the Booker's Rye in the Norlin or in the Glengarry? The, the nose immediately. I get a little bit more, a little bit more nutty, a little bit more rye, a little bit more caramel. I'm just but picking up more notes. Yeah, but are you also getting a lot more heat? Um, not anymore, but I, I think the heat dissipated from the Norlin already. That, that might have been more. You know, that's yeah. interesting because that that might have happened. But to me, I when I first tried it, it was so hot. A week later, it was so hot. I didn't even I didn't post a review for two months. Yeah. Because I. I didn't like it. Was just I liked it, but it was just way too hot, and I was wondering if maybe I was wrong. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And eventually, I said, you know what? No, I'm I'm not wrong. It it just is too hot. Yeah. And then I posted it like whatever. And it's still it's still a very good whiskey. I mean, I think I put it at a 93, um, but it is, in my opinion, absolutely not on the top five of the year. I think the the finish in this is insane. It, it's still it, going. It's still going for me. It changes and keeps changing and changing and changing. And so it depends how much value you put into that. But I also, I also my my rating scale includes value. So Right, right. It, you know, they release it at 300 bucks. Pretty much everywhere at a retail store, it was 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. And if you bought it for 400, you're actually very happy because now it, it was trading 400 to 500 for a while. And then... As soon as it came number one, it's it went up to six hundred. Mm-hmm. Now you're lucky to find it for seven fifty. But you can still find it for seven fifty. You can find it online. Okay, online, like, but you not go, at stores. Uh, one store I knew they were selling it for four fifty like three months ago, and I just said no, no thanks. If you want to sell it for, I, I said four, and they said four fifty. It would actually. What's amazing, you can really negotiate with the liquor stores. Like okay, you, this is good. These are good tips. So you can oh, see that 450 price tag. Oh, totally. Like if, and let's say they have two of them. Yeah. You can be like, hey, I'll give you 750 cash for two. Right. You'd be amazed how many times they say yes. But no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I went to San Francisco uh, a couple, about a year ago, and I was going through the financial district and going to all their liquor stores and... You know, they had Pappy 10 for $600. They had Pappy 12 for $800. And I couldn't find anything I wanted at all. And then I went to the Bowery, which I don't know if you've been to the Bowery. Not, yeah. not a good area. Um, it's very um, hipstery, drug-infested kind of, you know, it's you know, my kind of place. So, but I went, you know, I had my iPhone open and uh, clicked up to liquor stores and went to this place that was near like a, it was not a good area at all. And, but I went in there, and this is right after, so right after uh, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. American Thanksgiving, not Canadian, Canadian Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving right? which I'm not sure what. Surprisingly familiar with Canada. Um, I, you know, I hear things. Yeah, I, you're all very nice people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I like Canadians. Um, anyway, so that's Black Friday is when they released Bourbon County Brand Stout. Mm-hmm. And so the, the normal stuff's usually easy to find, but like the, all the varietals are impossible. I'm going to the store. They had all the varietals, the coffee, the rye, which triple online prices. Right. And they had six bottles of Elijah Craig 18, all like the correct retail price. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I get in line and there's like four people ahead of me and they're all get like pints of something really bad. Yeah. And then I, I say, I, I'll take all of them. And they're like, okay. So flying back is always difficult when you've got like eight oh, bottles. Oh, sure. Of, bourbon in your bag if you're going to check it but yeah it, I can't believe I'm giving all my secrets away here but yeah definitely the liquor stores in the bad neighborhoods are the way you want to go 
It makes so much sense because they happen to get a bottle. They probably sell, I mean, the liquor stores that get like the good stuff or sell a lot of vodka or sell something outside of like, yeah. they don't necessarily sell a lot of whiskey. So a lot of, um, in the U.S., distributors decide who gets the good whiskey. It's not Buffalo Trace that decides where Pappy goes generally. Right, it's distributors. Uh, we have this awful system. Uh, right. So they have a distributor and the distributor goes, oh, you sold a lot of flavored vodka um, and therefore you're going to get, um, you're going to get Pappy 15 yeah. and all of a sudden they're like oh we got some pappy we don't know what to do with this but certain but certain place certain demographic neighborhoods people buy those things yeah. and certain demographic neighborhoods people don't buy those things so you go to the ones that no one's buying 200 dollars bottles and they're usually still there um all right so let's look at now you mentioned a lot of flavors and i think you should open up that uh that canadian whiskey right there which one there's two canadian whiskeys. the on one on the right the centennial the centennial so i i do love me a good dusty so this no is the old Dusty. Um, um, so as you guys know, uh, you know if you're, if you're uh, on the podcast and you make it to my place, um, you can open whatever you want. That's a pretty good rule, especially uh, Peter's nice enough to bring all the wonderful whiskey he brought. Um, so this is the old Dusty, which we've brought out a few times, but this is the old Centennial. So tell me uh, about this Durham one. Ward. So this has been distilled in, uh, in the 50s, bottled in the 60s. Uh, so if the tax stamp says when it was... Bottled or distilled? I did both. It's on one side. It'll 52. say 52, and then 14 years later, oh, 15 years later, it's been it's been bottled. 67. Um, okay. This is the only time they've released um, a 15 year old whiskey. Um, this one has changed a lot in the bottle. I think it's now half done. Davin de Corgamo, um says this is his best. Uh, this is his whiskey. Like if he if this is last whiskey he's gonna drink, this is it. Um, a good old dusty to have, um, okay. and it's it's all pancake maple syrup. It's all those flavors that um, super smooth on the nose. I know you hate the word smooth. It's like, well, I know. It's, it's like, like it's a, like women's version of moist. I get it's it. It's like, or it's like like it's saying moist. somebody's nice. Oh, that person's so nice. Oh. Like, oh. See, I kind of disagree with you. I think the um, I do think it's a very smooth nose, but I think it's also very syrupy. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't tasted it yet. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But it's really I, I I'm really liking the nose. It's it's this one when I first opened it tasted like pure maple syrup. I I mean it's a very Canadian thing to say yeah. it tastes like maple syrup, but it tasted so sweet it was pure pure maple syrup. Oh yeah, oh that's your yeah, you like it? That's really good. Yeah. Actually, some some of the stuff. So, my dad actually. He's retired, mm-hmm. and what he does now is he runs estate sales. So people, he's got some friends who are real estate agents. They, you know, people die. They want to sell the house. He comes in, sells everything, whatever. Yeah. So I, I say, hey, if you see any sealed bottles, call me. I'm, I'm interested. So yeah. I've been able to get a bunch, and you know, the the classic, someone's got the bottle of Canadian Club from like 30 years. Right. And you know, Canadian Club gets no respect and. Partially because the new stuff is you know, whatever. Yeah. You, you would never drink it straight. But I have some bottles of Canadian Club from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. That stuff is really good. Yeah. When you open that up, I don't know if you have any of that stuff here. Uh, yeah, but I do. I do have it's one from pure the vanilla. Or, yeah. Let's pull that up next. Yeah. That is pure vanilla when you, when those old ones. Like I had a Hiram Walker from 1925 um, at a bar, and it was. You open it up and it was pure vanilla. Also, right now I've got a Seagram's Crown Royal. It's 1964. So yeah, sorry, not Canadian Club Crown Royal. Um, this is not. This is probably not my favorite. I would say this one was the most like. Oh, it tastes the most like normal. Am I out of glassware again? Jeez. Uh-oh. I thought you said on, you had unlimited glasses. I do. There's more. There's more. There's more. 
<laughs> so let's see. This is uh, 60. So again, this is 64 when it was distilled or when it was bottled? So 64, it says on both sides, it says 64. And I know it wasn't distilled and bottled on the same year. So you, I'm getting, okay, so this one, how long has this been open for? A while? Yeah, so um, yeah, so this one I would say the um, the Gernhammer Wurtz, uh, the 15th anniversary one, came in pretty great condition. Really this good. one, um, I would say, did not. Um, so it the wasn't... taste on this one is is good, but the nose is gone. Yeah. But you're getting that you're getting the vanilla on the on the tongue, which is I, I actually really like. I the old Canadian Dusties. Yeah. They're 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 kind of it's it's kind of like watching reality TV. Like, you know you're not supposed to do it. You know you're not supposed to like it, but it, it's it's a guilty pleasure. They're because really good. It was it cost dollars back then. Oh, or it, at a garage sale, they're $5. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I get, like, you know, I get some good stuff, some good dusties from, from estate sales, and uh, there's there's some interesting stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, well, have, have you uh, caught on the old granddad craze from the 80s? Because that, uh, that was a big craze back then, right? Well, the, well, the, back the National Distillery year. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a few of them. I think they're very good. I Fortunately, I don't love them because they're <laughs> the prices have gone through the roof. Sure. I, I understand. Like, they went from, like, $30 to now hundreds, right? I mean, there's some stuff from, like, the 70s that are going for... Tons. I mean, I mean, wow. like eight hundred, not a thousand. Ridiculous prices. Which, wow. I mean, I think they're very good. I mean, I think I don't know who put out like oh bucket list. You've got to have national distillers. Like, I, I, you know, give me a Thomas Handy over one of those yeah. any day, and it's it's not it's not even close. Right. But right. I mean, there it is. That's that's one of the things you you go to Jack Rose, you check the box, you get your national distillers, nineteen eighties, old granddad, and it's delicious, and it's, like, yeah, it's good, but it's not. It's not a it's not a life changing experience in my opinion, but it is completely different than today's old granddad. Oh yeah, I but, mean I think that's the exciting part is it doesn't taste anything like what we get for old granddad today. But I I really like old granddad one fourteen. Oh yeah, also gone. Uh, well I got three cases in my cellar. Three cases of six bottles a case. Uh, six, uh, they, they come in uh, twelve. I think they come in twelves. <laughs> I haven't actually opened the case. I think it's twelve. My so also you need to have your your liquor store manager on on speed dial sure so you know the moment I, you heard old granddad's being discontinued i texted my buddy frank and i said frank uh can you get me three cases of old granddad 114 he said sure and you know that saturday he dropped off the three cases in my house and he had he has my credit card on file and uh so i'm good for a while <laughs> so I'm, i was going back and tasting some of the other ones we started with so um the handy rye stupidly great composed uh, still four roses is doing really great um the uh barrel bourbon is starting to taste a little bit like more like old granddad I'm, I'm telling you that's like a lot of jim beam right there well um i, I, I don't know where it is from but i don't i do know that they tend to get high rye like, like old granddad is very high rye, high rye. Bourbon, yeah. so barrel bourbon tends to pick high rye barrels um i mean you said it was i'm sure it's a blend of a few things but that that old granddad nose is coming through right off the front um Four was the your thank you for for still having some of your four three eight of the Willet. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's over here somewhere for me. Um, I've got so much whiskey in front of me right now. I'm, um, there should they, be a photo of this. This is um yeah. We'll do a photo of this for sure. This is this is the mess. Um, and so <laughs> one thing we you have yet to taste is the lot number forty. Yes. Um. Oh, so uh, you know, listeners of the show, I uh, know that um. 
I ta- I wasn't the f- well. Actually, I don't know. I was I was among the first to taste old uh, Lot Forty cast cast strength. So as you know, Lot Forty is made in Hiram Walker. Um, it is, it is sold. Um, at, so I have to reach for that. Uh, it was sold. Um, so lot number forty is available in the U.S. and in Canada. It's a, it's a wonderful rye. It's available. It's it's kind of good cheap. Bartenders use it for drinking, uh, for mixing rather delicious. cocktails. Um, delicious sipper. Um, a little while ago, about last year, they started like at whiskey shows. They started giving you like this uh, lot number forty at cast strength. And oh, oh, by the way, a little secret: everyone whiskey shows. Yes. Always ask for what they have oh, underneath the, the table. Oh, you killed it. 40. I, I took a very small pour on that one because as a guest, but that's <laughs> well, fine. Well, this is, no, this is the rest of it. That's it. No, I know you killed it. I, that's fine. Yeah, uh, that's okay. You're, you're the boss. It's your house. Um, so, oh yeah, always ask for what they have behind the table, always. under the table, because it... Uh, so you're listening to the show and you actually went to Dave Mitten. I did. I So I, I was at... Whether, whatever whiskey fest or whatever that was in New York City a few years ago, a few months ago, because I was visiting from far away. And I was, you know, it, it probably been two hours in and it was a big event. And let's be honest, after two hours in, you're not sober. No. You're kind of, yeah. you, I was composed-ish, but I, 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 you know, stumbled up to the Lot 40 table and... Saw Dave Mitten there. I, so I get there and he's packing up to do some seminars when I said, no, 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 I need... The lot forty cast strength. He's like, who, who are you? I said, I listen to Mark Bialik's podcast. He says it's great. I need to have it, please. And he gives me this like he rolls his eyes. He's like, okay. He pulls like he pulls like a vial out of his bag, pours a little bit, a very stingy amount. And uh, but it was, I mean, it's delicious. It, it, it's it's. I mean, what what's annoying about it is that the lot forty is. I don't think it's a great whiskey. I think it's a good whiskey. Mm-hmm. But this is a great whiskey. I love how you know where my Lot 40 is. Well, it's, it's, it's right over there, and it's, it's huge. You know, it just says Lot 40. It's very large. Yeah, I know. I was gonna but say why there's... is it over there, not near the whiskey cabinet? So, I mean, you've discovered something. So anything I make cocktails with is over there. So you don't sip that? Well, no. I have more Lot 40 there, too. It's in there somewhere. And this I've got is... more... <laughs> so, okay. So that, that's my cocktail uh, making whiskey over okay, there. Okay, so I'm going to... This is not as good as Handy, but it is very good no. and and hopefully significantly cheaper when it comes out. It will be, yeah, yeah. I assume it. I assume. So, um, yeah, it was announced uh, in the Victoria Whiskey Festival that uh, lot number forty cast strength at at a twelve year old. So this is about a nine or ten year version. Twelve. It's going to be twelve year old oh, cast fantastic. strength version. Which I, I've had three different barrel samples of lot. Well, I guess five or six, including big whiskey deal. festivals. But that doesn't count, right? Like you. You know, like you said, you drink something after lots of other drinks. Um, but I've had uh, three different barrel samples uh, to myself. And what I found was the oakier they got, the better they got. So 12 years, I've, I've not 12 had a 12 year years. 12-year cash rye is, is that's, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah. Booker's rye is 13, so that's... It's and, new oak, but it's a climate-controlled uh, warehouse. And not climate-controlled as in, like, they use heating, but it, it is intended to be what's insulated. A, that's what climate... No, no, I know, but I'm just saying they don't like they don't add heat or air condition it, but they, they it's a it's a in, it's it's more insulated than this the is part of like the Pernod Ricard Walkerville Empire right area. yeah okay yeah, yeah so it's not as dramatic it's like it's like walking into like you ever seen like Indiana Jones and uh, the Last Crusade not the Last Crusade uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark right 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 it's like the last it's like the last scene it's like they have so many barrels there it's it's ridiculous <laughs> they do they do okay that's good well I mean right now in terms of rye like. Handy is my favorite, but like mm-hmm. my daily drinker is Pikesville, which is yeah. just fantastic. I love Pikesville. It's so, so good. good. I, I I would say this is 
I think you're it's right. Very different, think, it's a very different style. Um, it's a different style. It's going to be Canadian whiskey. It's going to be um, different climate. You're getting um, more rock different candy. Grain. Less, less spicy and more rock candy. Um, it's calm distilled than um, uh, pot distilled. So it's going to have two different, you know. Yeah. Um, so it is a different style. Um, but it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. It's gonna, it, it competes. It's going to, when this 12-year-old lot number 40. I mean, if they put uh, this out under 100 bucks, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And it's going to compete wonderfully. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, because I was, a, you know, the judge of the Canadian Whiskey Awards, the whiskeys that are coming out are getting better and better and better. And I think, you know, a great example is Masterson's won the best whiskey, a Canadian whiskey Which of the year. I was hoping to get a I know. That sorry. All I've got is an empty bottle yeah, for you. Not helping me. Uh, not helping you. Um, Which I can see. Mark said I could smell it. If there's you know, a little can... tiny, there's a mini sip in there. Um, there you go. Down the hatch. Like three drops. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but that is, um, that's, and that's 45%. So it's probably yeah, just like water right now. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's like sweet water. Yeah. So I have one more sample left. All right, let's do it. Um, and it's not a bourbon. Oh. It's not a, it's not a rye. It's not oh, a whiskey. Boy. It's a rum. So it's uh it's actually from the guys at Barrel, that's two L's, and I'm gonna put this in the Northern glass. All right. Um, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of rum. Mm-hmm. Um, rum is from college when you'd mix it with things and get really wasted and probably throw up. Um, but so this is actually 135 proof. It's Ooh, a nose. it's a seven year Jamaican pot still rum that they aged uh, that they finished in their own bourbon barrels. Um, I've actually had a couple of rums this year that I've liked. Yeah. Um, a different Texas distillery, uh, Balcones, has like a four-year cash strength that I thought was very good. And this one I actually thought was very good. Um, so I like this because immediately when you pour it, when I, when I noticed it, it um, gave me those kind of like, um, the kind of rums usually give me like this kind of fake plastic Yes, I'm note. not getting that. Um, I got it right off the bat oh, and it disappeared. Okay. And now I'm getting more like orange zest and a little coconut vanilla. Coconut's great. Yeah. Like it, I can actually sip this. I, I probably wouldn't all the time, but it's, it's one of the few rums that I actually at 135 proof is actually pretty good. Yeah. This is really nice. And so another, I mean, I mean, barrels got known for their bourbons, but they got and this is the only rye they ever, the only rum they ever did and uh hmm. wow it's it's got some interesting complexity like the mouth feels actually pretty good yeah. um i don't know how long they aged it in the bourbon barrels cuz you 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 just get a hint of some of like interesting whiskey things but yeah. not enough to dominate it but it's it's still a rum uh very clearly but it's uh i mean it's not bad no and, it's and, real nice and this is actually wait this is like the the, the the bourbons go for like eighty bucks. This is like fifty bucks. Wow! So I mean, for rum, it's a little expensive, but it's yeah. way less than. And we talk about this because um, you um, you know, whiskey drinkers are very frustrated with the prices of whiskey, and um, many of them go to rum as like the next step. Okay, that's it. I'm going to become a rum drinker, and everybody just comes back to whiskey very quietly. They're just they're you very buy quiet. one or two bottles. You buy that Kirk and Sweeney twenty three year because it's on sale for thirty nine dollars. <laughs> like oh, twenty three year, thirty nine dollars. You buy it, like, and I like oh, it's just it's just like. They added like caro syrup to it. And it's just right, like pure right. sugar. Like, like this is just all sugar and it's gross. And that bottle's gonna be on my shelf for the next ten years. I'm never gonna get rid of it. But it's terrible. And some of the good rums come through very quickly, and yeah. you're just like, oh, I missed it. Yeah, and it's gone. Like I don't. I've had so I've I've, I've bought a few of the rums. I did the same thing everyone else did. Yeah. Like okay, this is a 30, 40, 50 bucks. Let me buy some and. 
I, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm back to I'm back to bourbon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a common story. I mean, it really I cheated. Is. I got yeah. caught. I'm back. Whatever. <laughs> it's, no, it's true. I think the um, uh, like a lot of um, you know whiskey just continues to be a big thing, and I think as many times as people move to rum. Uh, which is good. I mean, I think we should explore all spirits, and, you know, tequilas, mezcals. Uh, you know, we certainly have a lot of guests on the show that do something outside of whiskey. Uh, but it does seem like people just kind of naturally just kind of gravitate back towards whiskey. If you're a whiskey drinker, you're a whiskey drinker. It's, I mean, I actually started as a wine drinker. I'm still yeah. a wine drinker, but. <laughs> like, actually, I hate all this crap I paid so much money for. Ah, screw no, I, I, I love, I love. Mark, it. can you give me your cheapest Merlot here? Can, because. You have you do have a wine fridge. I do have a wine fridge. I actually got a very good wine in there. You, is the, the Italian one? No, no. You know it's Ontario wine. It's the one of the from Prince Edward County. Oh, uh, a, okay. A Pinot Noir from okay. Prince Edward I, County. I love Pinot Noirs. Um, it is, is that PEI or is it separate? No, no, different. Prince Edward County is like a two-hour drive east of Toronto. It's a very harsh climate. They have to bury the vines every year for winter because they, they would die. Uh, it's struggling. Sounds very uh, promising. Twenty plus years old wines. So this uh, 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 a couple from Toronto moved to PC, bought very. Old. You're, you're watery. Look, look at your mouth. You're you're literally just. You want this wine right now. I think you're misinterpreting my face. <laughs> Fair enough. This is not. You, you, I love Pinot Noir. I've, I've never heard of. You know, I'm I'm sure I'm. I've had some good Canadian wines, but most of them have been ice wines. Right, I mean that's, that's true for everything, right? You're never going to get the good Canadian wines outside of outside of Ontario. There's a couple from Vancouver or the British mm-hmm. Columbia that actually make some decent stuff because it's a very similar climate to Washington State, where you're going to get some good Syrahs and yeah. But like, you can't make a cab. You probably could do a, in certain vintages. You could probably do an okay Pinot. Yeah. But you'll never get a cab Merlot in this in this latitude. It's just it, not going to happen. It, it's different. It's it, you know, I think the Rieslings are the biggest example like uh, Riesling will work. Rieslings are um, very like green apple here, which I don't like personally. But but that's they work. Like you you right. need something that you need a grape that's going to work in a okay, Germany similar latitude. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. the Rieslings yeah. some Pinot Noir is going to work. You're going to get so maybe some Cab Franc might work. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get the cool the, the Cab Franc Cabernet Sauvignon needs super hot. Yeah, so it, yeah, you're never you're you're never gonna get that here. Maybe one out of twenty years you'll get it. Just, yeah. just, just don't bother. That's actually very true. Um, there's some Cabernets that have been really great from the um, like I can remember the years. It was like 2006, 2007, yeah, 2009, um, and then other years, yeah, not so good. But Canada is the largest producer of ice wine in the world. Yes, we did. We invent ice wine. I don't the even Germans know. Germans did. <laughs> so we copied the Germans, and we're like, mm. but but you copied well you. The Germans made them. The best ones are still from Germany, but they can only do it like only two out of three years. I hate ice wine. But no, I don't like um, I don't like ice wine. Um, I'm okay with maple syrup. Are you a, a Tim Hortons guy though? Mm, no, not really. Dunkin' Donuts. Mm, well, better than Tim Hortons. Really? I know. I know. You might need to edit this out. I know. I may. This you may have to do that. This is... um, <laughs> no, I, I'm a terrible Canadian. I um, what can I say? I love Tim Hortons. But by the way, did, we did well, a well, the double double in Tim Hortons. So if um, if you live, but did you know, close to the Canadian border, you would have. Tim I want Hortons. you to know that uh, they didn't invent Timbits. No, I, I, I did some research. It turns out uh, it was like in the '70s, Dunkin' Donuts invented the Munchkins, and then like six months later, Tim Hortons did the Timbit. <laughs> so there's like there's a national pride around Timbits, but it's actually stolen. I, I yeah, I mean I guess I don't know. I think I, Timbits are better. Though. They they had the cinnamon one, the one with the sugar. Like it's mm-hmm. it's way better than the, the, the Munchkin. 
I don't even know what a munchkin is. It's the same thing as a timbit. Okay. Yeah, because I mean they're the same thing. They're donut holes. Yeah, yeah they're, they're donut holes. Same, That's right. Same. In America, they call it a donut hole. Wow, we have had so a lot of great whiskey. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13 glasses. So this is one of those podcasts where like, I'm like, it was very entertaining for me to record. I don't know how entertaining it is to listen to. Um, <laughs> well, maybe the first half was pretty good, but the second half we might have... We've drank a lot. That's true. Um, so we're going to drink more yeah. is what we're going to do. Um, and um, so Peter, if that's even your real name, um, I've not checked for ID. I don't know what state... I, I didn't bring an ID. You may not even live in the U.S. I don't know. Unclear. Unclear. Um, so if anybody comes after me, I don't know where you are. Uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.